Welcome to A Voice of Reason with your host, Kathy Horton and Sherry Petrosurdell. We are offered new opportunities for growth daily. And with new opportunities, challenges are presented. Together, we can address the challenges and explore these opportunities. Now, here's Kathy Horton with Sherry Petrosurdell. Welcome to A Voice of Reason. This is Kathy Horton, and I am with Sherry Petrosurdell. Yep, I'm here and I have my Wonder Woman cup, so I'm ready. All right. Well, today we're going to introduce the new serenity prayer. We seem to be experiencing so much conflict and there seems to be so much sad news. We need a way to find some peace and serenity. (sighs) That is so true. Unfortunately, suffering is a part of the human condition that I spoke of in our last show. What is interesting is how much our suffering is of our own doing. We create it. We create it with our actions and our words and our thoughts. That leads to our choices, and then that leads to some suffering. You know, it's been said that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. I actually created a workshop that solely focuses on eliminating emotional suffering because that is so present in our day. We have pain, but do we need to suffer so much? Well, today's program is about easing this suffering and making better choices. On this topic of suffering and our choices, I personally think of the serenity prayer. Mm Mm-hmm. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Sherry, can you share some of the history and the importance of the serenity prayer? I would really like to do that. The prayer was originally part of a sermon given by an American theologian and a social activist. His name was Reinhold Neuber. Now let me read the long version of the prayer that he gave that Sunday morning in his co- to his congregation. God, give me grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed and the courage to change the things that should be changed and the wisdom to distinguish one from the other living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting the hardships as part of the pathway to peace, as Jesus did, taking this sin-filled world as it is, trusting that I will never make it right or as what I would call have it right, trusting that you will make all things right as I surrender to your will so that I can be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever. Amen. The word that stands out, that's amazing prayer, isn't it? It is. The word that stands out that is different than the shorter version is that word should. Mm -hmm. Grant me the courage to change the things that should be changed. Nurbur was a social activist, very much like another well-known minister, speaking of Dr. Martin Luther King. So, Neuber was speaking about social injustices when he said should be changed. A little later in the program, we will address some of those concerns. But for right now, 
In this moment, as he suggested, I am enjoying the moment and the topic at hand. Well, you know, many of us, including me, think of the, when we think of the 12-step program, we think of the serenity prayer. What made the serenity prayer so powerful that it became the foundation for the 12-step program? Mm. We know the 12-step program has been very, very successful in helping people with addictions. It's also been successful in helping us live a more balanced life. What made the message of Reverend Nurber so powerful, in my opinion, to the 12-step program and a big part of the program's success is the principles of that prayer. The principles are focusing on yourself and your choices, not on others. Staying in the moment as being one of the ways to a key to sobriety. Giving up the illusion that you are the one in power or that even the addiction has more power. We do this by accepting something higher. That opens up hope. You know, when we're feeling low or enveloped in a loss of self-control, it's really a good thing to know that there is something higher than us and our mind that we can turn to, and that gives us hope. The 12-step program, whether trying to overcome addictions or regaining that sense of balance I was speaking of, has proven to be the most one of the most successful ways to overcome the suffering that happens when we live in an illusion that we believe that we actually are in control of other people. One can also notice other references in that original prayer that are part of the 12-step philosophy. Living one day at a time. Accepting hardships. There is much power in knowing what we can change, so we won't waste time trying to change the things that we can't. We can then get about about our lives and enjoying it and changing ourselves for the better. The things that we can change may be seen in terms of our own personal accountability and responsibility which is extremely important in addictions where there's a tendency to blame the addiction on something other than our own choice. You know, we could say, oh, I had to have that drink because I had a tough day at work, you know, (laughs) and I needed another one and another one. Or I got into an argument with my wife, my friend, my partner, and it just made me so upset I had to calm down and I had to drink. And then there's always the proverbial flat tire you know after you have a flat tire what else do you do but drink so the wisdom to know the difference and to take personal responsibility for our choices refers to an ability to discover what is under our control it takes the word blame away from ourselves and others and it replaces the word choice The wisdom to know the difference refers to an ability to discover what is under our control and what is not. Mm -hmm. So that's what I believe um, these principles are not. This is why I believe these principles are not just for addictions to alcohol and substances. Because you know what? We all have some sort of an addiction And it's very often the addiction to need to control what is not ours to control. The serenity prayer is a great place to start for our own personal recovery. 
Wow, that certainly gives us a perspective that helps us understand that we can all benefit from these powerful words. With the prayer having so much impact, certainly there have been variations, precursors, and postcursors to this content. Can you comment on that? Hmm. Yep, it's an ancient prayer. For me, the precursors, the precursors are the age-old teachings of mindfulness, living in the present moment, and the Buddhist teachings of non-attachment. The practice of non-attachment means you are not attached to an outcome. You can be attached to a dream, a goal, even a person. Yet as soon as you become attached to it turning out your way, they being and doing the things you want, you know what, your suffering will begin. And mindfulness, which really means non-judgmental awareness, the words of the serenity prayer reminds us to avoid judging if they, someone if they don't comply to our wishes and to live each moment one day at a time. Both teachings are precursors to the message of the serenity prayer and the wisdom of it delivered by Nuremberg. Now, I think of a postcursor, which is a charming little quote by W.W. Bartley. It's about accepting the things we cannot change. It goes like this. For every ailment under the sun, there is a remedy, or there is none. And if there be one, try and find it. And if there be none, never mind it. Wow, that's fantastic. I appreciate the, the perspective on that content. But, you know, for me, I need a little bit of help to apply the wisdom of these words. So, Sherry, I've heard there's a new serenity prayer that can help with the steps to peace and good choices. Can you help us understand this? I can. A few months ago, I discovered what is called the New Serenity Prayer, and it was published on a Jesuit Post in 2012. It was written by Father James Martin. Let me read it to you. God, grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change, which is pretty much everyone, since I'm clearly not you, God, at least not the last time I checked. And while you're at it, God, please give me the courage to change what I need to change about myself, which is frankly a lot, since once again, I'm not you, which means I'm not perfect. It's better for me to focus on changing myself than to worry about changing other people who, as you no doubt remember me saying, I can't change anyways. Finally, give me the wisdom to shut up when I think I'm clearly smarter than anyone else in the room and that no one knows what they're talking about except me or that I alone have all the answers. You know, basically, God, grant me the wisdom to remember I'm not you. Amen. What do you think, Kathy? Well, everything I'm hearing speaks to me very personally. And it reminds me that in every situation where I am finding myself to drive change, that I should begin by taking a look at myself and my actions first and foremost. You know what? I think it's always a good place to begin with ourselves and no matter what, particularly when we realize that we're not God. Clearly, we are not God. 
Well, you know, in the new serenity prayer, I heard three times that it is mentioned we are not God. Can you give us an example or two of how it looks when we forget we're not God? Oh, certainly. There's as many examples as there are probably minutes in the day, but we forget that we are not God or the source, whatever you choose to call that higher power, when we determine that we know everyone's answer to the questions that those people have or the questions that we have. Or when we think that we know what their path should be. You know, in the New Serenity Prayer, Father James Martin reminds us that when we think we have all the answers, we are behaving as if we're God. Mm. And in the beginning of the prayer, he states, if we don't accept that we don't have the power to change and that we don't have the answers and that we want to be God, we will run into a lot of difficulty. So I can support and offer assistance, but I cannot change someone else's heart. I can't change their will. I can't change their decisions, really. All of that is a God thing. Another example of thinking we are God is when we spend more time focusing on someone else's path than our own. The Creator knows each of us, and does give us and does not give us others answers but does give <laughs> us ours the creator gave us our answers not everyone else i want you to think about this for a minute what a confusing chaotic world we would live in if the creator said okay i'm going to give so and so sherry's answers now sherry is going to have to find that person And then when she finds that person, you better hope that that person knows that they have Sherry's answers. You can see how really it's crazy. And it's a much better plan to know that God gave us our own answers um, and that we don't have anybody else's answers. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So let's see, putting this in perspective, what I'm hearing is that it is our desire to share wisdom that we have learned through our experiences and our understanding. And this is all good as long as we share this information with grace. And with that, what I'm meaning is that we're not demanding, Mm -hmm. that we're not tied to what the other person does with the information that we share. Did I hear you? You did, and I like that you incorporated the word grace because that was in... Reverend Nurberg's prayer. Now, I wonder, hmm, it's time for me to talk to the student, the audience. <laughs> Kathy, can you have, can you think of a time when you were attached to getting someone to change and to the outcome? Oh, yikes again. <laughs> but, you know, I have to just say yes. I can think of many times, and the most prominent example I will share is with my family. I want everyone to get along, and I want things peaceful. My mind jumps right to believing this is in everyone's best interest. And then I'm looking to make all these changes that I see to achieve my version of family peacefulness. (laughs) I am pretty sure we all can identify with that especially after maybe just pending Thanksgiving with our families. We so want our families 
to be what we want them to be. And so that makes so much sense. You know, as I mentioned a few moments ago, the teachings of Buddha focus so much around the idea of not being attached to an outcome. Because when you're attached to an outcome, suffering will happen. I remember seeing a cute cartoon in a Buddhist magazine depicting a school of fish along with their professor, their teacher, swimming in the ocean of life. And they came upon a fishing hook with some yummy bait on it. Hmm. And the wise teacher went up to the bait and said, Lesson, do not become attached to the hook (laughs) of life. For you will suffer. Well, uh, that's a good one. I am definitely relating to the information that you're sharing. Um, For me, it really hits home. When I'm dealing with a group of people and I am focused on one outcome for the whole group, not just for me individually, then I need to take a deeper look because I know I am the only one I can change. Hmm. It just really gives me a new way to look at wisdom. And family, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, there you go. So um, I'll tell you what, can you help me with some tasks that I can bring to mind when I find myself wanting to change someone else? Well, as I said, we do have our own answers. And so I'm going to remind you of your answers. That you said a few moments ago, that you are reminded that in every situation that you're wanting to change, you should begin by taking a look at yourself and your own actions first and foremost. So that's my tidbit that came from the student. All right, thanks. Well, you know, it's time for a short break. Stay with us to hear how to improve the choices you make and to have the courage to put those choices into action. This is Kathy Horton, and you are listening to A Voice of Reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Life carries many uncertainties. Just when we think we may know where we are headed or think we have what we need, life happens and we are redirected. Join host Trina Wines each week for Life Happens, Let's Talk. By hearing stories from people just like you, as well as guest experts who can help, you'll arrive at your own understanding of the role you play in creating the outcome of your life. Listen live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you become a member yet? 
Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to A Voice of Reason. To reach the show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd prefer to connect via email, our address is info at avoiceofreasonbook.com. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back to A Voice of Reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Before our break, we covered the new serenity prayer as well as some pre and post cursors to it. And we were talking about our desire to change others. So, Sherry, what is it with humans that causes us to think that it is our job to change others? (laughs) Oh, I wish I knew the answer to that question. (laughs) What I do know is that we are the only species that wants to do that. I mean, think about it. We are the only species that not only tries to change others into ourselves, but we're the only species is not that we are not connect, content with our own selves. Hmm. I have been I have a saying sitting on my desk to help me remember this, and it says, "Be yourself because everyone else is already taken." We are just not content with being who we are, but we are not content allowing others to be who they are. Oh, (laughs) the suffering of it all. It is a curious thing, though, and quite humorous when we um, think of it in the context of other species. You know, a dog never wants to be a cat. Can you believe that? (laughs) Nor does he want a cat to be a dog. That is interesting, (laughs) is it not? (laughs) Uh, Well, those are some great examples to just help us understand that it's silly to to try to change someone else. (laughs) But you know what? I know that this is easier said than done. This is going to take some work and some dedication. So let me make sure I heard you correctly. If we focus on accepting ourselves and we are not so obsessed with making others in our image, we would have more serenity in our life. Did I hear you? You did. And I want to, I just thought of a story of when mentioning the cat, story of my cat. 
I got a cat for the first time quite a few years ago, and that was the beginning of me becoming more mindful, and that led to my meditation practice. Hmm. I didn't want to be the cat, but I wanted some of the peacefulness that my cat had. And so just think about it. When you watch a cat, the cat is so mindful of whatever is going on in that moment. It's only connected with the here and now. And its moves and its actions are so graceful. So when we think about we don't want to be turned into a cat, but it would be really good to have some of the mindfulness and the presence and serenity that cats have. And out of that, the bonus is that we are being created, we are, were created, and we are meant to keep growing and improving, to become a better human being. And that is possible through mindfulness. Wow. Thanks so much, Sherry. And certainly I'm thinking of awareness. And, you know, this brings to mind a Maya Angelou quote. She said, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. What message do you think Maya was telling us in her quote? And what was it that she wanted us to understand? That quote is... That quote is so powerful if we dig into it when it comes to relationships. You know, in my therapy practice, so many times someone will come in and they will say, you know, the first date he acted this way or, you know, she's she was being that way from the very beginning of our friendship. And yet they continue to stay in the friendship, in the relationship. It's a good reminder that we can't change someone and that we should believe who they tell us they are. My example of that is um, a story in 12-step groups. It's the story of the snake. There Mm -hmm. once was a woman. She was driving down the road on on a dark night after a hard day's work, and her headlights caught a snake in the road, an object. She didn't first know it was a snake. Um, She got out of the car and she looked at it and it was a snake. And the snake said, oh, please, miss, please, will you help me? I am hungry. I am cold. I'm wounded. And she felt pity on the snake. She said, sure. She didn't trust the snake to be who he said he was. So she picked the snake up. She put him in her car. She took him home. She sat him by the fireplace She fed him warm milk out of an eyedropper, and they soon became friends. And so every night she'd rest home from work to meet her snake and sit and have talks with him. (laughs) One night she went home and she did the same thing that she always did, and the snake bit her hard, drew blood. (laughs) And she said, what would make you do that to me? And he said, I told you I was a snake. (laughs) So, Kathy, can you think of a time when you didn't trust the person to be who they were showing you to be? Oh, boy, I can certainly think of a few examples where someone was even very abrupt or disrespectful to me. 
I worked hard to convince myself that I wasn't seeing the situation correctly and that I needed to give them another chance. Now, it isn't that I wouldn't um, offer up another chance to those I encounter, but I can now see that I would be much better off if I did so keeping the initial behavior in mind. Mm -hmm. That certainly is very wise advice. So, again, just want to recap what I'm hearing, and that is if I stay in the present moment and I am accepting of the situations that I find myself in, I remember that I cannot change anyone else, and now I add that I can trust. I need to trust what others show me. Mm -hmm. I'll be in better shape. Yep, you and all of us will. And I think some you introduced something called intuition in this. They mm. trust your intuition, be mindful and aware what you're seeing. Uh, great, great point. So, Sherry, what makes us want to put things in perspective of our beliefs and our comfort zone? Mm. Well, maybe what you're asking me is what makes it so difficult for us to see things from another's perspective and mm. to see what is right in front of us? It's a pretty simple one. It is the need to be right. Once we have formulated a belief system, whether it was given to us or we created it ourselves, we can hardly let go of it. (laughs) We then have to make everything fit into that belief system. And if it doesn't, we won't believe it. And maybe we'll set out to train, try to change someone else's belief system to formulate, to fit our formula So we won't be wrong. And if that doesn't work (laughs) and they won't change their belief system, we'll brand them as wrong. We will judge them. That is um, a problem with our built-in mechanism in our brain that creates grooves that create um, belief systems. Hmm. Father Martin said in his prayer, This happens when we think that we are clearly smarter than anyone else in the room and that no one knows what they're talking about except me. My belief system is the right one and that I have all the answers and I don't want to be wrong. And so by doing that, we have to make someone else wrong so that we won't have to be wrong Hmm, that certainly makes a lot of sense. So the way I'm hearing it is we put things into a context that fits with our knowledge and our experiences. This is another good example or reminder for me to remember that we can't change others. We we have not walked in their footsteps and we'll be much better off if we stay open to new perspectives. Now, in the last part of the New Serenity Prayer, it speaks of knowing when to shut up. (laughs) Can you help me understand what is being stressed with these harsh words? (laughs) Put a zipper on it, in other words. (laughs) Well, you may call it harsh because you really do try to be kind in your speech. Um, Been your friend for six years, seven years, and I know that you do. Yet maybe what Father Martin was saying is he wants to be so clear and to the point that there's no room for any interpretation. So he says, shut up. 
Father Martin was emphasizing the point that we must give up the need to be right in order to have serenity. We don't have to give up being right. I would never do that, would you? (laughs) Oh, definitely not. (laughs) Well, but we have to give up the need to be right. Remember the school of the Buddhist fish, do not become attached, you will suffer. (laughs) Kathy, can you um, remember a time in your life when being right by making someone else wrong um, brought your took your peace and serenity away? Well, let me make sure I understood that question. So it's, um, was there ever a time mm-hmm. that uh, that my serenity was taken away? Um, mm-hmm. because, well, it was your choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I just wanted to make sure I answer, uh, since it's a yes or no question, mm-hmm. I want to make sure I have this right. But yep. uh, I will just say out loud is that being right never gave me any serenity, and, and certainly I've experienced that many times. But let me, let me share a story about uh, being right. So I do remember a time when I had an opportunity to work, uh, work for a man that was very present with some of our top executives. He was always listening to their pains, and he would come up with these assignments um, anyway, and, and he would come up with assignments to address many of their needs. I had the blessing of having very smart, creative, and talented people as part of my team, so it was amazing what we could accomplish. But with this situation, it certainly didn't take long after our group was moved to report directly to this guy for a lot of grumbling to start because... Many of our most highlighted assignments seemed to be what we called firefighting. They were short-term problems. It initially created resentment and a lack of desire to take on many of these new, new assignments. Um, as previously, we had been used in a much more strategic fashion. When we resisted, thinking we were right in wanting our role to be more strategic, we were not accomplishing anything. As a group, we were able to recognize the issue and we were able to own that we had a different perspective on where we as a team would add the most value. Just as firemen help spread education on how to, pre- how to best prevent fires by educating our youth and sending uh, good reminders to us adults, we too wanted more than just to react to a problem. Once we understood this, especially as a group, we were able to drop our version of being right on whether Mm -hmm. the assignment Mm -hmm. was worth this short-term fire. We shifted our mindset, and whenever possible, we would revamp the assignments to both address the short-term need and to provide value to address some um, some of the pain the company was feeling in a more strategic fashion. We would laugh and say, okay, this is the latest fire. Now, how do we deliver on that so, so that our solution also assists str- strategically? How do we deliver something to help the longer-term interests of our company? Hmm. That's a great example because your team gave up the stories of what they were to do and what they did best and how to do it. And they looked and demonstrated 
the flexibility, the openness, the creativity that changed the outcome. And I can only imagine that everyone was happy, your higher up and your team. So this happens not only in the workplace, this happens in our personal up-close relationships. It takes courage to give up the need to be right, and it takes um, restraint to not engage in a battle, the battle of ego. To go into any battle (laughs) takes courage. What is coming to my mind right now when we think of courage, that it has to do with social justices, social Mm. justice issues. You know, the original prayer by Reverend Newberg spoke of changing the things that should be changed. Father Martin spoke of the prayer of, spoke of people to accept that we can't change people. Why? Because we're not God. When it comes to social justice issues and human rights, though, I have to speak up on that because we need to cross over into what Reverend Nurberg said, the things that should be changed because it impacts everyone. I can't help but reflect on Dr. Martin Luther King's words. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter. There certainly can be no serenity when people are being abused and are suffering and they don't have the freedom to be who they are. Dennis Prager described this as moral courage when he said, goodness is about character, integrity, honesty, kindness, and courage. It takes moral courage to demonstrate those traits. Well, that certainly helps us understand how courage fits into the new serenity prayer. So thanks so much for that. Mm -hmm. So taking that information, if we accept the fact that we cannot legislate morality, what would be the purpose of creating laws around social justice? Yeah, um, we all do know somewhere in the depths of our hearts that we can't legislate morality. But you amaze me (laughs) so many times with your wisdom because your questions hold the answers. And that Mm. reminds me of um, Letters to a Young Poet by Wilkie. And in it, he said that all of our answers are in our questions. In other words, life is a game of jeopardy. So since we can't legislate morality, what would be the purpose of creating laws that would do that? I think that, I, well, I believe that knowing what is ours to change um, can be standing right in front of us when we look at that it's ours to change inequality in all forms, including creating laws that will bring that attention to everyone else. Yet these laws will not change the individuals, and that is where the serenity prayer, both of them, become a light unto our path. Mm. If we bring the teachings of serenity, non-judgment, into our homes, into our families, into our communities, our religious institutions, and right now for sure into our country, we can change the world. But it's done one person at a time, and it begins with us, ourself. So, Sherry, can you, can you give us a helpful tidbit or two so we can check in on our own moral courage? Hmm. 
Well, you know, today we've been focusing a lot on the principles of the 12-step program. So I'm going to turn to the oh-no-dreaded fourth step in the 12 steps. If anyone has worked the steps or is familiar with them, the fourth step, taking a courageous, fearless moral inventory of ourselves, makes us shiver. It often takes a lot of work with the first three steps to get to that fourth step. So let me just tell you what the th- first three steps are. We, I admit that I am powerless over changing others. I believe that there is a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity. And it is insane when I think I can change another person. And number three. I made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand God. Once we fully embrace these, this thought that we cannot change others, and it's our job, our purpose to change ourselves. You know, this brings a funny thought to my mind. A definition of a codependent is seeing someone else's life pass before them when they're about to die, not their (laughs) life, someone else's life. So we have to embrace that our job is to be the best version of the highest vision we can have for ourselves. And this is where the fourth step helps. The fourth step includes taking a fearless, courageous, moral inventory of ourselves. Remember, I'm not just speaking of addictions to substances. I'm speaking of our addiction to getting involved in people's lives and things that don't belong to us. I often want to say when I hear someone putting their nose in my business, I want to say, excuse me, did you lose something? They say, why? And I say, because I found your nose. Guess where (laughs) it was? It was in my business. So remember that we are here to improve ourselves. And Gandhi said, be the change you want to see. Now, when you take um, your own inventory, I recommend you do this on a regular basis. Ask yourself these questions. Did I do any harm today? Harm could be um, minding your someone else's business or being unkind or not speaking up for moral injustices and even worse, contributing to them. Was I true to myself today? Was I kind to me? And where do I need to forgive myself or others? Then and only then can we have serenity. Well, those are very wise words and great questions. So the intention of both prayers is about serenity. Can you share your definition of serenity with us? My definition, of course, may be different than anyone else's. Mine is doing life in a quiet, gentle manner without harshness or judgments, yet being strong in principle. Serenity can only come when we make choices that bring serenity. So, you know what? It's time for a short break. So, stay with us to hear Sherry's teachings on writing your own serenity prayer. This is Kathy Horton, and you are listening to A Voice of Reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Broaden your mind. 
Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to A Voice of Reason. To reach the show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd prefer to connect via email, our address is info at avoiceofreasonbook.com. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back to A Voice of Reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Sherry, please jump right in and share with us your thoughts on customizing your own serenity prayer. Well, before the break, um, Kathy, you said that's what we're going to do. And we're all going to have an opportunity to get up close and personal with the serenity prayer. Father Martin inspired me to write my own serenity prayer. He also inspired me to encourage others to do the same. And Kathy, I happen to know that you took me up on that offer and you wrote your own serenity prayer. Are you willing to share it with us? Oh, sure. Um, (laughs) I did take the assignment to heart. So here's what I came up with. Grant me the serenity to accept the things and people that I cannot change, especially in those situations when I believe I am creating more unity, love, and togetherness Mm -hmm. for everyone involved. Grant me the courage to stand up and share my beliefs gracefully and give me the wisdom to always listen first and be open to a new perspective so I can learn and grow each and every day. Amen. Mm. I emphasize the situations when I believe I am creating more unity, love, and togetherness because I recognize that those are the situations where I think I am right I am justifying it because I tell myself that I'm doing the right thing. Does that make sense? And can you share any additional tips that will help me to be more successful? Hmm. Well, your serenity prayer is so genuine. It's so you. And it's a great example of what I'm encouraging our listeners to do. Take some time. Write your own serenity prayer. 
and use the word serenity, accept, and courage and wisdom in it. You know what? You owe it to yourself to do that. And then what I'm encouraging is that you write it and maybe with your permission, not we'll give you your permission, but maybe knowing that and your identity won't be um, revealed, you would send it to us by email and we might even read it on our next show. So that is a great idea. If you're willing to share your serenity prayer, please send it to our email, info at a voiceofreasonbook.com. So is there anything else you'd like to share? There is. I want to share my serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to know and accept myself as you made me so that I can then accept others as you made them. Give me the moral courage to stand up for what is right and shut up when I think I'm the smartest person in the room. Hmm. Give me the wisdom to take my own inventory rather than others. Amen. Ah, Very nice. So I'd like to share a quote of Sherry's that we have posted on our blog that's been meaningful to me. When I come to acceptance of a situation, then I am empowered to make conscious choices. Acceptance requires that I trust myself and God. Acceptance of the situation allows me to assess the situation without resistance. I then can use my wisdom to know what I can and cannot do. Hmm. I said that? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I was quoting you again. (laughs) Okay, in my more humorous self, because I use humor a lot to help me grow, I would say about acceptance is life's like a picnic. We know there will always be some ants at our picnics, but we never need to turn our whole lunch over to them. So in other words, we accept the ants that will be there in our life, but we don't want to purposely feed them. Hmm. Well, let's put all these lessons together now. Okay. I... I want to share with you the lessons of acceptance, serenity, courage, wisdom. Again, by asking you to take a look at your own self and spend the time on um, helping you be the better person that uh, you were created to be, the best, the highest, the best version of the highest vision that our creator had for you and that you have for you. So I'm going to share my summary with a personal story. Okay. Uh Uh-oh, it's true (laughs) confession time. So this is just our second show, and I know I've learned a lot, but I know I have a lot more to learn. So to put things in perspective, I never saw myself as a radio talk show host Voice America recruited me, and I thought, well, maybe this is a great way to share all of this fantastic content that we have. So last night, I had this thought that I didn't receive the e-card for the show. Well, that's just the promotional information, but it verifies that Voice America received everything that I sent, such as the title and the description. I sent an email off and went to bed. 
So at 5 a.m., I woke up and my brain just started spinning. I wondered if I had sent the information, and this quickly turned into rapid-fire questions and statements, including, what in the world? What was I thinking taking on this job? I quickly worked myself into a panic. No serenity there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, you know, what seems to be such a simple thing, it was just one email, um, one document that I may have overlooked, and that's exactly what happened. And it it all could be quickly resolved as, shoot, we have all the information. We're here discussing it today. You know all is well. But this morning, my brain was spinning. I won't even repeat all the questions and statements that were coming in rapid-fire form. But two of them that I'll share with you is, I can skip my morning workout or I'll just cut it short. And I won't take the dogs uh, as far on their walk this morning. I'll cut that short. So it was at 5.30 a.m. that I just started laughing. Hey, our show is on serenity, and I'm letting this show steal all of my serenity. Isn't that ironic? (laughs) It is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes our lessons come in very crazy ways. I find that any time that I have a, I think I have a topic well in order, I am humbled with a lesson that reminds me that I have a lot more to learn. Mm-hmm. It is a good thing that I always want to remain teachable, growing each and every day, as otherwise these lessons would really disturb my, pre, my peace. Mm-hmm. So after I got done laughing and apologizing to my cat, Karma, because I disturbed her, too, with all my crazy energy. I took some time to snuggle with karma, and I started focusing on what I could control, and and I looked at what I needed to change. So the bottom line is I knew we were well prepped, and, um, you know, I, I know that I've taken this uh, content that we're sharing to heart, Um. And I know why our outline was a little bit uh, light yesterday because I needed to share this, uh, this story with our audience. And I do want to just do a shout out here to Voice America for all the great support I received from them. And thanks for their patience with this rookie. So with all of this in mind, I accept that I can only do what is reasonable And if I'm at fault, I'll make the corrections that are needed. And either way, I'm just going to learn what I need to so that the process for all our future shows will be a bit smoother. I have the wisdom to know I am doing my best, and that is all I ask of myself each and every day, whether I win or lose, succeed or fail. I know I brought the best I have today. And I had the courage to show up. I bet you had no idea how nervous and crazy I became over one small detail. Since I always try to look so confident and calm, (laughs) especially since I convinced you to join me on this show. I'm really glad I didn't know that was all going on, by the way. (laughs) Well, I am so glad to report that I got my serenity back. I took time for my full workout, and it's a good thing since I needed I need to lose five pounds after all that great food that I enjoyed with two Thanksgiving dinners. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I took the dogs for their full walk, 
and we watched a beautiful sunrise. It was such a wonderful, crisp fall morning. I added this story to, to my outline, and here we are. So maybe I can start using a new slogan. I got my serenity on today. What do you think? Well, I'm happy you did, but I, and I think that we should get a sweatshirt with this slogan, get your serenity on today. Wouldn't that be cool? I'm going to take just one quick moment to do true confession. I lost my serenity today, too. <laughs> I couldn't find my serenity prayer, <laughs> and it caused me some suffering, um, but I found it, and I got back to my serenity. In summary, I again encourage all of our listeners to make a difference. The way to do that is to make a difference in your life. Accepting who you are as a beautiful creation of amazing creator, paying more attention to yourself and your actions than others, write a serenity prayer for yourself, shut up when appropriate, speak up when needed, and most of all, remember you're not God. (laughs) So now in closing, I want to share a quote from Steve Jobs. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most importantly, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition And from us here at A Voice of Reason, know that you are here on purpose for purpose. Thank you very much for listening in. Our goal is to leave you with tools to help you make improvements to yourself, improvements to your relationship, and this will help all of us improve the world. Tune in next week to hear about the wisdom from Anne Frank. And please send us your thoughts as every discussion improves with more perspective. We look forward to hearing yours, and don't forget to write that serenity prayer of yours. And if you're up for it, please share it with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week to A Voice of Reason. Please join your host, Kathy Horton and Sherry Petro-Serdell, for another edition next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have a terrific week.